0: Wolves TV, Matchday Live Extra, exclusive reaction to Wolves Radio of Wolves 2, Newcastle 1. The first home Premier League victory for Bruno Large. Some first Premier League goals at home for Bruno Large, both of them to He Chan-Huang, both of them set up by Raul Jimenez and that looks a very intriguing partnership which we shall discuss in just a moment but first and foremost Andy Thompson we talked pre-game about the difference between results or performance you said they just needed the result and they yeah, got it
1: yeah it is, so look, it, so the first half to play really well after that first five minutes what Newcastle put a lot of pressure on and a lot of free kicks uh, looked comfortable in that first half. You, you thought, oh, you're going to go on and get it. You got the goal. Um, but then things changed in it said It changed. for Not very good for Wolves with the equaliser from Newcastle. But, again, that man stands up again. Wang gets the uh, the winning goal. But, what a great performance. It was all about the results. Again, the three points. And you can hear what it means to the fans at the end of it. So, look, they won't be bothered about how well we played or we should have played better They'll be bothered about the result. They'll be bothered about getting it. But we do need to play better. So like we saw it at the end there. and we, I know we were laughing and joking about it. Where we couldn't keep possession of the ball. We kept giving it straight back to them. Miscontrolling it. Whatever it is. Just to invite the pressure on from Newcastle. But look, they'll be disappointed in that area. But they'll be happy with a win. And then players in there will be thinking, it's been a battle, but they've got that victory.
0: It's the strange element, Claire hayman where... You know, and I think we kind of preempted this a couple of weeks ago—that this would happen. That Wolves have played far, far worse than they did against Tottenham and Manchester United, and yet have won the last two games.
2: I think this is what it's about, isn't it? Like we said, we, I think if we get the points on the board, I think we'll go back to those performances. You can tell there's just a little bit of an edge where they're in a little bit of a panic. We want to get those points on the boards so we can enjoy them playing our football again like we've done previously. Uh, the spells obviously in, in, in the first half, that little spell that we had probably a 15, 20-minute period after we'd scored, we dominated. We looked great, pl- finding little pockets, little holes, playing in tight spaces. Everything was going for us. We looked We looked fantastic but then we got our confidence knocked by conceding and then the game changed, it became very scrappy second half was a little bit of a battle but equally you've got to take positives from it I think the defence will be uh, quite taken with the fact that the goal was a silly goal to concede but equally it wasn't kind of a massive defensive error on their part, I think on the whole they've defended resiliently and uh, as we said before, Sais has has played brilliantly, won lots of his headers Kilman again, fantastic display with a little knock as well so I think we've got to take the positives from these displays and I think the confidence will come and, and the performances. Will come in turn
0: there is positives certainly the key ones being the potential partnership between Raul Jimenez and He Chan Wang both goals almost carbon copy identical bar yeah. the fact that the first one uh, He Chan Wang scored with his right foot the second one he scored with his left foot we'll talk about him specifically in a second but first and foremost that link up between the two was impressive.
1: Well, that's what we've been after, isn't it, so, look, so At one stage, we're losing Jota, and then we lost Jimenez for injuries. Never really had that strike force up there to, that could score a lot of goals for us. We're hoping that the two of them can combine the way they have today. Salah so, got that result uh, and the victory as well, but like, it was promising to see. Um, I'm sure that Jimenez <laughs> will, won't be happy that he hasn't scored. OK, he's had the two assists, but he'll want to score as well. But you can see that there's a, there might be a chance there that the two of them have a good understanding straight away that they can get there and hopefully supply goals this season for us. Um, but we've said it before we need goals to come from other areas as well. We can't just keep relying on the front two. We need goals from midfield, fullback areas, whatever it is, uh, to get opportunities to score. But they'll be pleased with the way that, and the contribution what the two of them have done and the way that they actually play together.
2: I think Jimenez was fantastic today. I think work rate, and I do think today was the best I've seen him this season in terms of he looked like it had clicked for him. I think the Brentford game, at points, he looked a bit off the pace. We were maybe doubting, you know, oh, he missed his head or he threw his headband off. Today, it looked like everything had clicked. He was absolutely after everything. His work rate was phenomenal. Uh, He does drop a little bit deep into the pockets, maybe where you don't want your striker to drop in, but his link up play is just phenomenal. And the way that he linked up today with Huang, bearing in mind they've not had long to work on this, was fantastic. And this is the combination we're looking for. And if that means that we're just looking for somebody to fill that third berth uh, in the forward three and we rotate between Pudence and Traore and Trincao, dependent on the game that we're playing, that's great. And they've got, you know, this is what we've been looking for and we want to build on that now.
0: Yeah. We talked about Trincao a little bit in commentary, the fact that it wasn't his greatest day, uh, but I don't know how much of that is balanced by the fact that Jimenez and Wang were so good that he was always going to look like he was having an off day because those two had set such a high standard.
1: Yeah, look, so you're always going to have games where people shine and, and say, like, and you don't have a great game. He just struggled to get into it. So, like, he just struggled to find his feet a little bit with it there for one reason or another. And don't matter what you do sometimes, you're in a game, things just don't work out for you. And I think it was one of those days for him today. So, look, like, you see glimpses of what he can offer, he, like the uh, megs, the confidence that he's got running with the ball, the confidence dribbling with it. But, again, it was just one of those games. And when you can see a partnership working with Wengen Jimenez and you're not really getting involved as that third man in the, the front line, sometimes you can take a back seat from it and, and you just got to get on with it just got to work hard uh, do the basics right and just make sure that you try and get your best at you can um, but you he, he could see the frustration on him he was frustrated at times where just the simplest of things was just making hard work of it
2: I think is a very creative player, though, isn't he? I think yeah. when we played well in that spell in the first half, he played well. I know he missed should've that great those, chance. Th- yeah, he he missed his great chance, but actually he played well. He was finding little pockets of spate. He was buzzing off it. You could tell he was in and around everything. When the game got scrappy, we noticed him probably not perform probably as well as we think he can.
0: There's an interesting comparison to make because you mentioned Trincao hitting the crossbar in the first half. He had one against Manchester United that was kind of cleared off the line from a, a similar type of yeah, position. Exactly and yeah. He's had a couple of opportunities, and he doesn't quite look like a natural finisher, and that's not necessarily a huge you know, dismissive against him because only when you compare it to Huang and the way he took his two goals today with either foot, yeah. which is the most impressive, but it wasn't like he got into that position and he blasted it. And he, you know, like we used to see Jota do sometimes where you take the keeper by surprise and fire it at the near post or, or go along it. He caressed it. Yeah, but, you have, you yeah, but
1: that's, that's a goal scorer for you, though, isn't it? He hasn't got to smash the ball all the time. You've just got to put it into an area where you know it's going to be difficult for the goalkeeper. And also, so as soon as that goalkeeper's coming across, because that's what he's had to do for both goals, he's come across, but then he's hit it and the goalkeeper's before the goalkeeper's got himself set, and he's left himself enough room just to get it through. It's gone through the player's legs as well, the defender. And again, that, that, that comes from a natural goal scorer. You make your own look, and that's what he's done today. He's got two exactly the same corner kind of finishes from either side, putting it into the far corner, and that's what you've got to do. You haven't got to break the net all the time. Now, Trinko tried to break the net in the first half, didn't he? Tried to smash it as hard as he can. Instead, of just concentrating and just finishing it. But we've seen... Players like that this year where we've struggled to finish. So, look, your Cimado's have struggled to one-on-ones, OK? So, look, but, look, just keep doing it, keep fighting away with it and just make sure that you try and keep doing the right things and ensure it will even itself out over the season. I
2: think one of our major things is that we haven't been clinical in front of goal. And, and today that's kind of been broken by Huang. He's had two chances and he's scored two great goals. Convincing yeah. finishes. When he was in that, in that position, you thought he was going to score. Okay? Up until this point, we've had so many chances and you actually never were totally convinced we were going to put the ball in the back of the net. But he has got this vibe of confidence. And if this partnership can, can really click and push on, you know, I think we can really move on up the league table.
0: He was very impressive today. Huang, I'll ask you both for a man of the match, although we might well have just discussed him, <laughs> so that, that might be immaterial. But uh, it was an Im- impressive one. Um, the others at the other end, defensively, we talked pre-game about the fact that it's the one area of the field that Bruno hasn't changed yep. in the Premier League. He's kept faith. And off the back of the Brentford game, I think we all expected Willy Bolly would get his place. And he obviously played against Spurs. But then at Southampton, he reverted back to this back three that he's gone through with all the way through. And again today, Max Kilman seemed to have a very good game. But you thought Romain Saiz did as well?
1: I thought Romain Saiz uh, played really well. I thought that we saw him in the first half, uh, intercepting, uh, tackling. So, look, you saw the whole lot in the first half. And he continued that through to the second half. I thought he was outstanding with the way that he played. I thought Kilman. Did really well, and well marshalled by Connor Cody. Okay, and what he does, he he orchestrates everything at the back. He makes sure that those two are in the right positions. And we've seen Kilman, we've seen It's the timing of the tackle, standing up, making it difficult, putting that block on everything, what a defender needs to do to keep a clean sheet. It was unfortunate with the goal. So there's nothing they could have done about that. But the rest of it, what they've done, they've tried to play it from the back. So they've tried to offer things like that. But I just think that the way that they're playing, I think the manager's got complete faith in the way that they're playing, and I think that's the reason why they're playing. Kilman has come into there. Bolly's on the bench, not had a sniff at it at the minute because how well those bat lads are playing.
2: And I think it's difficult to change formations. I mean, I think uh, I think Kilman's comfortable on both feet, and I think that's why he's holding that right-hand side berth. Um, so obviously, you know, Bolly has naturally played he can play either side size definitely left left hand size but size and Marcel have actually built up quite a nice partnership there and he had his cover on quite a bit because obviously Eddie's had his hands full when uh said Maxim went over that side uh, you saw size stepping quite a few times just to get cover and covering it and anticipating and, and that's kind of what you need you had a real sense towards the end of that game that they had each other's backs and 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 that is where you've kind of got it. Performances will come off the back of that, but you know that they're fighting for each other uh, and they want to get that result. They were determined to see that through today.
1: I'll tell you what, though, it's good to see when you look at the bench, what we've got mm. and who could come on in various different positions. And that's when you can start to see that you've got a decent squad. You've got a strong bench, people that can come on. Again, if you're keeping Bolly at bay, not to play, say you, you must be doing something right. And, and you can hear the, re- the reaction from the crowd when the two of them are playing at the back. So, I think he saw things, looks very comfortable at the back of the minutes. I know people question that he's gone to that back line, should we get it in the centre off? And, and possibly we should have. But Kilman's coming, in done such a good job that he's got rid of that dilemma from the manager. He's got rid of that. And Bolly coming back in, who would have thought that two years ago, that he wouldn't come straight back into the team? It's only because of the way that they're playing. Yeah. And, the, and, and that's just a testimony to them. Um,
0: you mentioned a little bit about the goal and the fact that the defence can't be can't be blamed too much for it. It was Francisco Chinko had lost possession just inside his own half, so Maximin ran forward, slid it through, and this is the contentious moment of yeah. the game that thankfully we're not sat here discussing. Otherwise, we would have. If it had been one-one, we would have probably spent the last fifteen minutes talking about it. <laughs> um, but it's Jose Sarr and Joe Linton colliding. Almost, and and Jose Sarr, as as goalkeepers do, was brave. Came out to the feet, and there's there's a connection. We've seen it on the replay multiple times, multiple angles. Graham Scott Clare decided that it wasn't worthy of a foul. Are we being too biased in in our being aggrieved? by that situation.
2: It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, the take of, of other people on this one. But, I mean, for me, when your goalkeeper's was down injured and he, at that point in time, he was not moving. It's an easy decision, really, for the ref to make to blow the whistle. And you see it happen a lot. His hand went to his neck, therefore head injury. You kind of, it would have been easy, And I don't think the Newcastle fans would have argued if he did blow the whistle. But obviously, it ended up playing out, resulted in a goal. Because Jose Sara got back and sprinted towards the goal, I, th- I suppose that sort of ended the issue over how injured he was because he managed to get up. But ooh, I think, I, I think you, you know, it's easy to be a bit biased. I think it's for your team, you're not happy about it. For the other team, I don't know. But equally, could we have seen it through? Could we have got in the way? Could we have blocked it? There were still chances to get rid of the ball.
0: But is that the interesting point? And Tom, I can come in on this in a second. That I, I think all of us as football fans could completely understand whether it was our team or not, when a goalkeeper is down in that kind of situation, Claire, that you accept the game gets stopped because yeah. it's the yeah, goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's almost like that feels like what we have a grievance with more than anything else.
2: Yeah, and I think the fact that the referee didn't give it, I think VAR will always back the ref in that scenario. The ref didn't feel like it was a situation to give anything. It will not get overturned. That, you know, It had to be blown, but he had full justification to blow his whistle when it looked like a you know it looked like yeah. a head injury he was down he was motionless and if i'm newcastle i don't really want to score a goal when the goalkeeper's actually on the floor that's not a nice goal to score is it really yeah. it could have been nipped in the bud but you know in the end it was fair play to him a great finish
0: that is our gripe isn't it tomo that it, it's not that it's you know you can you can make a case was yeah. it a foul on jose Sarr or not that's immaterial the point that I think we are making is that it is generally accepted in the realms of football that if the goalkeeper is injured, the referee stops play. And that was not applied in Wolves' favour here.
1: Well, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. But like you say, you see it in any occasion that if a goalkeeper goes to round and like say, and as Claire says there, put his head in his hands, referee blows straight away. Doesn't let it continue for four or five seconds. Because there's after. a duty of yes, care, e- right? exactly. Exactly. But... But how many times when a keeper goes down, do they blow the whistle straight away? Near enough, every time. I don't understand why he hasn't. I don't understand why he's let the the game go on when there's a keeper on the floor who looks injured when he's doing it. Because every time that I've seen that happen, the referees blew the whistle straight away. And we've all seen that, that they protect the the goalkeepers quite a lot. And it's a position where the whistle has to be blown because of the the danger or duty of care in the penalty area as well.
0: Here's the other part to this discussion then. Earlier in the game, we saw it right down in front of us. Joe Willock had a problem and Huang had the, put, had the ball at his feet and the opportunity to run past him and watch an attack. And Huang actually gestured to Joe Willock and said, go down, I'm going to put the ball out of play, stop play for you. Joe Willock ended up going down three times in the first half before he was substituted off. Newcastle, it was never in their instinct were they ever going to stop play knowing that Jose Sarr was down.
2: And it happened at the end with Jimenez down here on the right-hand yeah. side. Same situation, they play on.
0: So, do Wolves need to learn a lesson here? Stop being too nice.
2: I think that is potentially the case, and I think we've said this for quite a number of years, haven't we, that maybe we are a little bit too nice in that scenario, and um, it'd be interesting to see what Bruno's take is on that, actually, but equally, I mean, Newcastle, have, you know, they're fighting for their lives, they have got, you know, three draws, that's it, no win on the board, they are battling the same way as we've been battling, that, like, a few weeks ago, before we've obviously had these back-to-back wins, so, I can see why they have took the motion of going, win. you know, we're going keep it, to keep it in, keep it in play, make the ref, make a decision, if the ref thinks yeah. it's bad, he'll blow that whistle. It's a
1: desperation tactic from us because yeah, the, yeah. they're desperate for a win, they're desperate for a result, not just the team, but the manager as well, but, like I say, it's it's just one of those things. Look, and probably we should be a little bit more ruthless uh, when we're actually doing it. We should be more show our teeth a little bit more in circumstances like that. Because teams seem to be doing it to us all the time. And, I say, I look, and we seem to be kicking it out. All their players are going, Oh will kick it out. It's one of ours. But reluctantly, they're not doing it to us.
0: It's interesting. And it will have people talking over the international break, I'm sure. When we come back from the international break, it is the small matter of a Midlands derby at Villa. Lovely, lovely. You know, when we get to this point of our chat, it's team selection time. What are you thinking? What changes would you be considering? For me? If any.
1: Um, Well, I'd put Traore. Traore needs to play. Traore needs to play. I think the other two lads pick themselves, Weng and Jimenez. And maybe you might bring Dendonker in there. A bit of physicality in there. A little bit more... Legs and also both ends of the pitch, so it might that might be a couple of changes, but for me, Trey always got to play. So because Villa are a decent side, they've got themselves a good squad, and we've got to take the game to them at Villa Park. And I think that we need to get a player that's a massive asset to drive the team up there. We've shown that we can score goals. Now we still well we're starting to sh- score goals, and I just think that you need somebody who's going to cause Villa a big problem. Give him a headache, and I think that he needs to come in for me.
2: I think it's a tough place to go and get, get a result, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we know the atmosphere is going to be electric. It's a derby, so it's, it's not going to be straightforward. I'd wonder whether there's a few lines of thought, whether he'll, obviously, we're going to have, there was a few niggles on that pitch there, but we have got the international break, so you, you'd hope everyone comes back okay. Will he think about starting how we finished? Uh, and, and try that two combination up top I don't know I'd like him to go for it a little bit yeah, um, I and I think got... Traore I think I'd give him the first half you've got Pudence to come off the bench as well and then Trinkau to add into the mix off the bench so, we've, we, like Tomo said, we've got a bit of a bench to play with here. I'd probably stick with that back five. I think, I think they've been doing pretty well and I think he likes the physicality of Marcel at left back and it, gives, it makes us a little bit more solid in there. We know he loves the tackle. So, um, you know, that gives us that defensive solidity to allow us to have, like, your trial raise and Hoang and, and, and Raul Jimenez and, because we've got that solid base.
0: It's going to be fascinating, isn't it? I, I love this at the minute because there are quite a few questions All of a sudden, uh, once again, uh, as to what team he will select. And and it's a derby. And and there are two teams They're all tough games. They're all tough games like that. Well, you know, this is the one in this little run of fixtures that I think everybody would have looked at and gone, "Oh, you know, the way Villa have been. And yet, you know, I know Villa haven't played yet this weekend, but Wolves are up to nine points, just a point behind Villa. Only two points behind West Ham, who've been, you know, considered to be up there and about. And obviously in europe this season and at the moment with them not having played yet wolves are above arsenal and spurs that might change by the time people listen to this but anyway it, you know it's suddenly things are looking a little bit rosier and that is a lovely position to be in my thanks then to andy thompson and to claire hakeman thank you all very much for listening good luck to the end of 23s who take on shrewsbury this week in the papa johns trophy and also good luck to wolves women who take on Stoke this week as well. Hopefully they can make it a winning weekend all round. Well, we'll see you soon on Matchday Live Extra.